Yo, how what's doing, up? Buddy? Good, how are you? Good. A little bit of a technical difficulty, but as we always say, you know, wouldn't be a week without one. No, for sure, for sure. All right, welcome to episode number 96 of Dill and I'll Talk NFL. Today is Wednesday, March 9th. Um, a lot has happened since the last mm-hmm. time we talked. A mm-hmm. lot. I mean, even just in the last 24 Today. hours, not even over a week, but... I got a lot of. I had I had a combine segment planned for for today to talk about some of the times and and uh, whatnot that have happened in the last week in Indianapolis. But mm-hmm. uh, between the Aaron Rodgers news, uh, he's coming back. We're gonna break it all mm-hmm. down. Obviously, I'll get your thoughts on each all three of the happenings in the last twenty four hours. But uh, if you haven't heard any of them, you know if you've been living under a rock basically for the last twenty four hours, Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. Um, Russell Wilson has been traded to the Denver Broncos and probably one of the most shocking trades I would think in recent memory. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just breaking in the last two hours or so, uh, Carson Wentz has been traded from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. Uh, so we will lead off with that. We'll, I'll get your thoughts on all three of those moves. Uh, secondly, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about some of the free agents that are coming up. Uh, the transition tag, or the franchise tag, as they call it, uh, that deadline has already passed almost 24 hours ago. So some of the guys that we are going to talk about have been tagged or have been decided not to be tagged and going to be free agents um, starting on Tuesday at 4 o'clock. And then closing it out, continuing our NFL draft series with the top five tight ends of the 2022 draft class. But I think it's fitting to lead it off with the quarterbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously lead it off with the one that really wasn't the most shocking, I would say, out of three. And it was that Aaron Rodgers is coming back four-year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost worth $200, $200 million when it um, comes down to incentives and whatnot. He did put out a tweet yesterday saying that, that those aren't the right numbers, so I, I don't know what's really going on with that. For, you know, you look at the deal, and it's four years, and you, you know the guy's not going to stay for four years. So um, I, I would honestly say he's only going to have two years left in the bag. They're going to try to make a run for it this year, between this year and next year. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, number 12 coming back to Green Bay? Hey, Darren Rodgers with a passion. Uh, really wanted to see him either, one, retire – which would have been the best scenario, and two, you know, leave the NFC North. And the one thing you mentioned, though, was Lions, we're going to be entering the prime of our rebuild as Aaron Rodgers will be in the back end of his career, which, you know, maybe it's finally going to be time for us underdogs to kind of, you know, have our moment. Mm -hmm. Um, It does, you know, like I said, suck to see him return, especially to Green Bay. Um but at the same time, he's locking himself into a terrible contract. Green Bay's doing something funky with all their contracts. The Aaron Jones contract from last year, I did, I was not a fan of. They've obviously, I believe, franchise tagged Devontae Adams. So, I mean, they're not paying him the big, big money that he probably, you know, definitely deserves. But they're going to be paying Aaron Rodgers now. If, if those numbers aren't correct, I, I still imagine it's a pretty big, you know, sum. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, you know, probably over their cap limit. They're going to have to let guys go. Um, so, you know, it, it's not going to be all sweet for them, even though Rodgers is returning. So there is that side to look at. They're going to have cap issues. They're going to have, you know, contract issues um, coming up there in Green Bay. And that's, you know, that is exciting for us Lions fans. You know, as much as you want to, you know, dethrone the beast and everything, you know, just like how the Pistons had dethroned um, Boston back in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, the bad boy Pistons taking out Bird and the mm-hmm. Celtics. You know, as much as you want to see lot, the Lions take Aaron Rodgers down or be a part of that, you know, takedown process, it's mm-hmm. almost just as much, I would say just as good, if not better, for him to be exiting his prime of his career, the end of his career, while the Lions are just now getting ready for the rebuild. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, I, when I first heard this news, my first reaction was I was I was disappointed, not it, disappointed, but yet not surprised. Uh, you mm-hmm. had heard rumors that the Packers had offered him a quote. I think they said it was a quote like a market altering deal. So you kind of knew that once that news broke over the weekend that he was going to come back. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of how record breaking or whatever you want to use the word, uh, how big the contract really was going to be. But you know, it's it's. It'd be nice to beat him a couple more times. I know the games that we usually do beat Green Bay in are the pointless Week 17, Week 18 games where he's not playing. They have a one seed. They have the division locked up, and they can't move up or down in the, in the seeding. So, you know, it's, it, it's not shocking that he's coming back, but definitely want to see him. Don't want to see him win a Super Bowl, obviously. But I think Denver got a pretty good consolation prize. He was, you know, Denver was probably his number one option, I would say, with his uh, former offensive coordinator going to be the Denver Broncos head coach and Nathaniel Hackett. But mm-hmm. like I said, I think they got a pretty good um, consolation prize in Russell Wilson. I agree. Which definitely of- was surprising. Um, I believe Pete Carroll came out and John Schneider, the uh, general manager, came out both and said that they weren't going to trade Aaron Rodgers. They said it at the Combine last week. Mm. And for them to come out, I mean, yeah, the Broncos gave them an amazing haul. I mean, uh, Seattle's getting Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, uh, two firsts, two seconds, and a fourth – or no, a fifth, a fifth rounder. And then Denver's getting a fifth and a – and Russell Wilson. Definitely turned turned Denver into the AFC West. Probably I'd say the second-best team in the AFC West, still behind Kansas Mm -hmm. City based on the fact that Kansas City has the better defense, but that AFC West is going to be an absolute gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Just look at the quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and poor Derek Carr. Derek Carr, is a, he's still a upper to mid-tier quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. He's probably the worst quarterback in that division, I would say. Yeah, it's insane. Behind three potential Hall of Famers. It's going to be a really good division. Down. Couldn't believe when this deal went down. I honestly didn't think Russell Wilson was going to go anywhere, and I thought Denver was going to have to settle for, you know, a Mitch Trubisky or a, a Bridgewater again or just suffer mm-hmm. with Drew Locke or have to go draft somebody. That opens up the draft, I think, a little bit more for any other team. Maybe Seattle goes out. I, I don't know if Drew Locke's going to be that option for Seattle. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe that opens up Seattle. Obviously, they get Denver's number nine pick. Maybe they go get Kenny Pickett. Maybe they go get uh, Malik Willis. It, it definitely mm-hmm. opened up the draft market a little bit more in the quarterbacks. You know, people were thinking quarterbacks weren't going to – the first quarterback wasn't going to get drafted in, you know, 15-20s. But with this trade, I think a quarterback can get, possibly get drafted in the top 10 now. Mm-hmm. I agree. What were your thoughts on this deal? You know, it's sad to see Russell Wilson leave Seattle because that was, you know – and you're in agreement on this – one of our favorite teams growing mm-hmm. up. It's it's almost ironic in a way too that he's going to the Broncos because the first Super Bowl he they won and the Broncos they dominated yep. it yep. was a domination by that Legion of Boom team. Um, I I think it's fitting that he goes there. It's going to be kind of a full circle moment, um, and maybe it, you know sparks a little bit more fire in him to get back to a Super Bowl. He's mm-hmm. now going to a team that he faced off in the Super Bowl. He's he's got really good pieces around him, wide receiver wise, running back wise. I believe Melvin Gordon is a free agent, so they're gonna. But I believe they also had Javante Williams. Javante Williams is a good option. Great rookie season. Great um, year, yeah. Could could be paired with you know another free agent or even a draft. You never know. Um, with that number nine pick, why don't they go out and get you know, or even trade back and get you know a running back, a tight end, 
you know, there's probably a lot of teams that would love to move into the top 10. They could even, you know, expand on their, you know, trading uh, and, and move out of that spot. Who knows what they'll really do. I think they've really opened themselves up to a lot of options. Seattle's been in need of a rebuild. I felt like they were in denial for the last two years where really they, their defense was terrible. They were, they were surviving on the back of Russell Wilson, and that's just too much pressure to put on your quarterback. He was their 2020 season where they, you know, I believe just narrowly made the playoffs. Or I, I felt like they had a decent year in 2020. Then last year he gets a thumb injury. That was their whole season gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pressure they put on him, he no longer wanted to be there, I think, for that reason. I think that's the same reason Stafford didn't want to be in Detroit. That's the reason quarterbacks leave, I think. That's the reason, you know, before everything went down with Deshaun Watson, we were, you know, getting trade rumors before any of that. And then I, I just think Russell Wilson wanted out, and it's sad because that Seattle Seahawks team is going to look a lot different. And we've all I, all I could think of, you know, end of the era. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's retired. Uh, Russell Wilson's moved on from the Seahawks team. Pretty much, you know, all the quarterbacks minus Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. we grew up with have retired in the last couple of seasons. It's insane to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Wilson is really the last of his class that is, you know, performing, you know, well because he came out with RG3, I believe, Ryan Tannehill, and wow. uh, Luck. Luck retired. RG3 hasn't been heard of. He's not in the league anymore. I think he's doing college broadcasting. Um, Tannehill's been, you know, he's had his shot, his, his future's up in the air too. I think they'll stay with him, but this could be his last year in Tennessee. If he doesn't, you know, it's almost super bowl or bust for him. Yeah. And, um, they build around him. He's got an incredible team. So Russell Wilson now from those draft class, I believe it was the 2012, 2013 draft class that they came out of. Mm-hmm. We're 10 years now removed from that draft class. Yeah. Um, sitting here in 2022 and, it's it's a whole different NFL, and it's a whole different NFL than our childhoods and teen years. And, you know, this was kind of just another piece that when this when this hit, it was like, man, the NFL is truly in that new era of quarterbacks. You mentioned the AFC West, and out of all those quarterbacks, Russell Wilson's the veteran. He's the Tom Brady, the Peyton Manning now. He is the Peyton Manning who left the Colts and went to the Broncos, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just insane to think about. It is. And then uh, last but not least here, the uh, most recent trade, which just went down about a couple hours ago. Uh, this one a little shocking, too. I, I didn't honestly think the Colts mm-hmm. were going to move on from Carson Wentz, but mm-hmm. they ended up doing it. Um, the full trade details here, let me find them real quick. It was a um, trade between the Washington Commanders and the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are getting a 2022 third rounder. Uh, they'll get another third rounder next year if that could become a second rounder if Wentz plays 70% of his snaps uh, coming up in the next year. And then they also get a 2022 second round pick. And mm-hmm. then Washington gets Wentz also and gets a second round pick from Indianapolis. Oh they swap seconds uh-huh. this year. Um, the Colts get a third for next. And then a third that could turn into a second next year if Wentz gets 70% of his snaps. Um, mm-hmm. Just a quick stat, or not even a stat, just some quick research I did here. Uh, the Colts starting quarterbacks by year, they are going to have their sixth. Yeah, no, they're going to have their sixth quarterback in their last eight seasons on week one. It was Andrew Luck in 2016. It was Scott mm-hmm. Tolzien in 2017. It was Luck again in 18. Brissett in 19. Rivers in 20. Wentz in 21. And it's TBD in 22, whether that's going to be a draft. 
whether they're going to go out and get one of these one-year quarterbacks. What if they or, get Brissett again? <laughs> or they have Sam Ellinger, who ended up playing a couple games in place of Andrew Luck last year. Or not Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz, pardon me, last year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a very interesting decision to see what the Colts are going to do. Also, another thing I found out, you know, obviously Wentz is going back to the NFC East. So he's going to be playing his former mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagle team twice in 2022. Mm-hmm. He's also going back to Indianapolis next year for a game. Oh, my gosh. So that could be interesting. Um, I, I, there's a lot of mixed reaction out there. I follow a couple of Washington commanders fans on social mm-hmm. media, just, you know, famous people and whatnot. And they're just so mm-hmm. distraught that they went from, you know, they went from the success of Taylor Heineke getting him to the playoffs in 2020 mm-hmm. to the kind of downfallish of that backed off the whole Alex Smith, you know, come back in 2020 as well. Mm-hmm. And then now you're going to be looking in September and your starting quarterback is going to be Carson Wentz. I just feel so good. bad for them. They have so much promise. They have Terry McLaurin. They have Curtis Samuel. They have Antonio Chase Gibson. Young. They have Chase Young, Montez Sweat, a great young defense. And then you're going to be mm-hmm. led by you're going to be led by Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. I I've Terrible. had doubts on the guy ever since he came out of North Dakota State. I, I you know how I feel, especially how I mm-hmm. talked about Trey Lance last year, how I feel about FCS quarterbacks and that that doesn't prepare them for the league. Just tell me, can you talk me into this? Maybe I mean I can't talk you into it. I think it's the dumbest trade of the whole. I thought the Carson Wentz trade last year the Colts took was the dumbest trade. This almost tops it because they're they're ditching him within you know a year. At least they're getting draft picks out of this. His no trade or his release clause is ridiculously expensive because of this contract he signed in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia after that Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. He had one good season and then it's just injury after injury after injury. It's left-handed passes that are getting thrown for interceptions. And... That was the funniest pass I saw. If we could rank worst, worst passes from last year, that would be on the top of the list. So at least probably... Carson Wentz is on the top. It would be the number one. I mean, yeah. I can't even think of another bad one before that. I mean, yeah. It's just, I think I... it would just be a Carson Wentz montage of every throw he made last season. Uh, it's, it's terrible, bro. I cannot talk you into it. I, I can't understand the logic behind it. At this point, You'd be better off, you know, signing Tim Tebow for real as your quarterback because that's what you're getting here. He's not NFL ready. No disrespect to Tebow. I love seeing him, but his NFL career was maybe three, four quality games. That's Mm -hmm. the same we can say about Carson Wentz here. And, you know, uh, really the Eagles were the first people to make the bad decision. Not when they drafted him. When they drafted him, he had the promise. He, He did pretty well on that Super Bowl season. What was terrible was what happened after that contract they, you know, signed him into. They they pitch him, you know, after he has some arguments with the, I believe, you know, play calling and general manager and stuff like that. They they ditched him, what, he had three, four years left on that contract maybe? Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, the Colts ditch him after a year. The Colts, to me, you know, the year before, I believe they made a – they made playoffs, I think, with Philip mm-hmm. Rivers. Yeah, with, with this, Rivers, yeah, yeah. This year, the only reason they missed it was Carson Wentz. So, I mean, it makes sense why the Colts don't want him, but at the same time, why, why even get him? Mm-hmm. They're just I mean, looking he, for a quick fix. I think he had like a four quarterback rating in that game. All they had to do was go into Jacksonville and win. Yeah. And, and with the way Jacksonville played last year, it wasn't that hard of a, of a, a task yeah. to hit, I would think. He had a mm-hmm. 4.3 quarterback rating, I believe, in that game. It was clearly the worst quarterback rating of all of 2021. Yep. It's just, I don't know. It, this whole scenario, minus all the trades, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the way that Joe Flacco's career ended. 
You know, Joe mm. Flacco had that great Baltimore Raven run in what mm-hmm. was it, 20, 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. They ended up winning the Super Bowl against San Francisco. It was the whole Harbaugh Super Bowl and everything and whatnot. Yep. And then he signs the big contract, and he didn't even finish it out with Baltimore. He ended up finishing it with the Jets. Or mm-hmm. he was benched on the Jets, and he got a couple starts here and there. And it's just this went to the Broncos, I, right? Or something. The Broncos, I think, signed him for a year, maybe. And it was just, I feel like Carson Wentz's career is going to go down to that. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it just shows it's a classic example that sometimes the money just doesn't help some of these quarterbacks. You, know, you mm-hmm. look at you look at Mahomes; he signs his massive contract. He hasn't missed a beat. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, when he signed his massive contract, really didn't miss a beat. Stafford signed his big contract, didn't really miss a beat. Cousins, Cousins is kind of on that. Wentz and Flacco trajectory, in my opinion, I think. Yeah, but you know, you see the big name quarterbacks, and nine out of every ten is going to flourish right through that big money that they're making, and then you get the one every once in a while that's just going to flutter. And I think Carson Wentz is on that road, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And he's a great talent. He's just got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Once you get one injury, that's pretty much you know if you if you don't bounce back from that injury properly mentally or even physically, you know, I think you're pretty much done. And he, once that injury happened, his career has, it's been night and day. Yep. I mean, he was on that MVP, or he was on, he was going to win. MVP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it took, it took some heroics from Nick Foles leading to the Super Bowl, obviously, mm-hmm. but they wouldn't have been in that situation if Carson Wentz was playing like Carson Wentz played last year, for example. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else uh, you want to say about Carson Wentz before we move on? Just terrible decision, you know. Washington, you should have stayed at the as the football team, and you should not have gone after Carson Wentz. That's my advice. I mean, didn't they give Heineke a, a decent sized contract too last they, year? Yeah, and years ago? I, I know he had a down year, but I still felt like he's a better option than Carson Wentz here. That team wasn't a hundred percent all year, so you really couldn't really even put it on him. I don't think. Yeah, no, they. I felt like Curtis Samuel didn't even play a game, did he? Curtis Samuel played maybe three, maybe four at the most, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, so they they lost Chase Young too. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they really they they lost. I want to say versus Seattle maybe, and versus the Raiders like back to back weeks on field goals. I think. Yeah, yeah. And that's when their season was like over because those games I believe had identical scores. It was like fifteen to seventeen or something. That- like that. That NFC wildcard race was pretty wide open until, you know, the end last year. And mm-hmm. if they would have won a couple of those close games that they lost, mm-hmm. they definitely could have flipped the script and, and snuck into that seventh seed, I think. And I think they could have, you know, been – if they had been healthy, they really could have had that shot they did the year before because they really rivaled, you know, the Bucks in that, you know, first game even though they lost. Mm-hmm. Just unfortunate, you know, one or two injuries, obviously, you know, in, just like in any sport can just derail your season. And it just showed for mm-hmm. Washington this year. All right, moving on here to our second segment of the afternoon. Uh, we did this last week. We talked top offensive free agents. Obviously, free agency opens on Tuesday mm-hmm. at 4 p.m. Uh, you've seen a couple guys get franchise tags, some notable franchise tags. Uh, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams. Um, who else got franchise tagged? Uh, was it? Um, Schultz got franchise tagged and then obviously Mike Williams for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So uh, some big names obviously getting getting tagged there. Not really big surprises when it came to that on the offensive side of the ball. Not really too much going other than Jesse Bates on the de- defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball getting tagged by the Cincinnati Bengals, which will really help them uh, down the line in you know 2022 and beyond. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk some of the top defensive free agents here. 
I want to start off with probably the number one guy in the class, I think. It's Von Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With this trade that has happened between Denver and Seattle, I'm starting to get the feeling, and I saw it on um, – was it? it was on Von Miller's Instagram story just a few hours ago. He put on uh, – it was a picture of him and Russ during a Broncos-Seahawk game pregame, and um, you can put music on um, the Instagram posts and everything, and it was – he put up those, the song What's Next by Drake. Mm-hmm. That kind of made me think, and I don't know if he's trying to play some games with us or not, but could Von Miller be rejoining the Denver Broncos in 2022? I I could see it honestly, um, and I honestly I think he should as well because you know he got his Super Bowl ring in LA, mm-hmm. he got the Hollywood ending, he had the you know great great postseason, great couple games there for LA before yep. after the trade. I honestly think he could go to Denver. I really do. He should. They, you know, he knows that system. He played there, you know, what, half of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, he's won a Super Bowl there, uh, Super Bowl 50, and I believe he was the MVP, yep. if I'm not wrong. Yep. Um, I think it makes perfect sense for him to go back, and I, I really do think he should. Yeah. And nine and a half sacks in 15 regular season and postseason games combined with, the, um, with L.A. He's still a huge piece. Well, no matter where he goes, expect him to get a huge contract. Mm-hmm. But I honestly think those are the only really two teams in the running. It's going to be the Rams and it's going to be the Broncos. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be whoever can shell him out the most money. I agree. All right, moving on here to one of the uh, more premier pass rushers with Von Miller in this class, Chandler Jones from the Cardinals. Uh, mm-hmm. He had 10 and a half sacks in 16 ga- or 15 games with Arizona in 2021. Uh, I think the only thing that could be derailing him of a big payday is he did have a bicep injury at the end of the season. I think mm-hmm. he still get one more big deal, though. I think Arizona would be a good candidate to re-sign him as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think Arizona, you know, is going to be in that running. It's just going to depend on what's going on, you know, with with everything that's transpired in the offseason. We've had weird cryptic messages from both the team and Kyler Murray. You know, um, J.J. Watt, is he going to be there? I'm not sure. I think he's, you know, signed a pretty good contract. contract. Yeah. I think he signed a decent contract there. It's going to depend. Where does Chandler Jones want to play? I I don't really think the shoulder injury will be much of an issue. I really do think he's still a top five pass rusher in the league. Um, He's been gunning for the sack record. We obviously saw TJ Watt, I believe, break it or tie it in this last season. Um, And I think Chandler Jones can get to that form, and I think he will. He's wanted it for a while. He's coming to the end of his career. But by no means do I think he's fallen off. He's going to get a good payday. I'd like to see him stay in Arizona. He looks good in, you know, the Arizona colors. I I really think he should stay there. It's just going to depend. Does he want to play there where he's going to have other people coming up? Isaiah Simmons is young. J.J. Watt's a veteran. Is he going to want to, you know, be – in contention or, you know what I mean? Is he going to have to yeah. want to have to share the, uh, not, he not... wants all the spotlight or just yeah. share the spotlight is, is basically it. And, and I think Buda that's Baker. what he wants. You got Buda Baker in that secondary as well. Uh-huh. And even just in his own position group, you mentioned Isaiah Simmons. Mm-hmm. Zayvon Collins is still, uh, you know, young and his sec going into his, I believe this is going to be his second year coming out of Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a first round draft pick by the Cardinals last year. And then everybody forgets about Hassan Radek as well. Mm, yeah. a very sneaky pass rusher on that team. And if Chandler Jones is to leave, watch um, watch Hassan Reddick really step, I think, nicely into that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, here next is uh, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots. 
Uh, he's a great corner if anyone's needing one. Eight picks and 23 pass breakups this year. I honestly think he's going to leave, especially with the way they treated Stephon Gilmore at the end of his deal. You know, basically mm-hmm. saying, Stephon Gilmore, we're not going to pay you top money so you can walk. And mm-hmm. um, Well, that's Bill Belichick. He's going to be a good player for a team that needs, you know, a, a young, good corner. Lions, not, not hashtag Lions. Cincinnati Bengals. Hashtag Lions. <laughs> yeah, I, I – I don't think we have the kind of money to shell out to J.C. Yeah. Jackson, but if the team wants to sign Allen Robinson, I would be perfectly fine with that. Mm-hmm. We but should. I, I think a bang. I think the Bengals would be a good fit for for J.C. Jackson. I think. Yeah, get Eli Apple out of there. Yeah, yeah. I I don't see Eli Apple being there very much longer after the way he played in that Super Bowl, which is disappointing because he was having a great regular season before that as well. It's, it's It was because, you know, you thought he was going to turn around. We even talked about him possibly getting a redemption, mm-hmm. interception in the game. And the burnt piece of toast is all that, you know, came out of it. Pretty and uh, I don't know. I really like J.C. Jackson. I've been a fan of him the last two years. He's been dominating. And like you mentioned, Stephon Gilmore and what went down with him, I think uh, it's it's all going to, you know, be on his mind. And Bill Belichick has been known to not give players the money they deserve. Brady took pay cuts. Everyone takes pay cuts for that team. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick does not care, which is really ironic because last season he shelled out so much coin to random players. Carter Henry, John didn't... Smith. In the grand scheme of things, those players are not the ones who contributed. No. J.C. Jackson had a better season than, I'd say, Hunter Henry, John Smith. Uh, then the corner they signed in uh, from Philly. Uh, what's Mills. his name? Yeah. They had a better season than him, and you gave it, – it, it looks to me like you gave him more money. Uh, J.C. Jackson is probably – I don't want to say he's upset, but I would be upset, bro, oh, uh, about not not already being signed and even being in this position in the first place. I mean, out of the felt like 19 guys that they ended up signing free agency last year, the only one that was worth uh-huh. his money was Matthew Judon, I think. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, moving on here to another corner. Uh, Marcus Williams from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he has great ball coverage uh, in, in you know ball skill and coverage. Uh, his best season versus the run in 2021 for him in his career. Watch uh, for New Orleans to try to keep him, I think. I think mm-hmm. he's a vet and a young, rebuilding-ish kind of team. Obviously, you know, they're still trying to figure out their footing with the whole Drew Brees scenario. Oh, is Michael Thomas going to hold out? Sean Payton. Uh, is, is Alvin Kamara going to get suspended for his, uh, you know, his little incident that he had at Pro Bowl weekend? Uh, mm-hmm. What's going to happen with that team is really going to, I think, determine if uh, Marcus Williams is going to come back to the Saints next year. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could. I think it's a good fit for him there. Um, and like you said, they're going to need a veteran guy, so it makes sense for them to go after him. If not, you know, who who knows where he goes? Like you mentioned, there's a lot of teams that could be in need of a corner. And um, a veteran guy like Marcus Williams, who has proven himself and, and shown that he's improved, like you mentioned, his best uh, season against the run – He's proved himself in the past game. He's he's really becoming a well-rounded player in the league. And, um, you know, a name that's been rising on top cornerback lists for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just talking about Stephon Gilmore. Um, you know, he is now a member. He was a member of the Carolina Panthers in 2021, but he is up for free agency again this year. Uh, he's fading fast. Uh, he's not the Stephon Gilmore that was one of the best corners in the league with New England back a few years mm-hmm. ago. Um, he still was good in coverage last year with Carolina. He could be a short, short-term playmaker if teams need him. I think he'd be more of a contending team kind of a player. He's not mm-hmm. going to go to a young team looking for a rebuild. I think this could be a good option maybe for Denver if they're willing to shell out maybe $10 million for a one- or two-year contract. Mm-hmm. Um, 
depends on what happens in the situation in LA. He may want to team up with Ramsey in LA. You never know. That would be mm-hmm. a, that'd be a very interesting thing to watch. You know, too bad it wouldn't be twenty seventeen or that'd be one of the best defenses in yeah. history. But uh, what do you think? You think Gilmore? I obviously not Carolina. Obviously not New England. Not going back. Yeah. There. But uh, you know, do you have any contenders out there? Maybe to throw out there other than those two. The Broncos make sense. The Rams make sense. Uh, Titans even make sense for me in a way that, you know, they're, they need, you know, a corner. They've mm-hmm. got, you know, good linebackers, good, you know, defensive line. They could really use a corner. And we've seen guys go from the Patriots and go to the Titans. We've seen uh, Malcolm Butler. Did that. Malcolm Butler. I believe there was even another. Maybe Logan Ryan. I can't mm-hmm. quite Logan remember. Ryan, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I believe, you know, that could be a good fit for him, especially, you know, Vrabel being there. And, and, you know, coming from, you know, uh, having a win. Tree. Yeah, the Belichick tree and having that winning and, you know, understanding what it really takes to win. But also, he's different in Belichick of the way he'll actually pay, you know, the players. Mm-hmm. And the players the players that actually, you know, will contribute. Um, I really think that Gilmore could go to the Titans, the Broncos, the Rams. But either way, there's one thing that they all have in common, and that's they're in contention. He's not going to go to the Panthers because they're not good. <laughs> they're terrible. No. He's going to go to a contender. You know, who knows? Maybe he wants part of that Bengals, you know, up and coming uh, wave that they've been building these last two years. Maybe who he really looked, knows? He's looked at the way maybe, um, you know, Sharkavius West and um, Sorensen and guys like that have played in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Maybe he wants a piece, you know, of the action in Kansas City. Spagnolo. Is probably, I would say, if not the best, one of the best yeah. four or five defensive coordinators in the NFL right now. That would make sense, too. I could see him doing that. Especially, you know, it's going to depend. I believe Tyron Matthew mm-hmm. is a free Matthew agent a as free well. Agent. Yeah. And so I that's going to be interesting. Don't know what they're going to do with Tyron Matthew. They did not uh, put the franchise tag on Eric Fisher, which is very surprising. You know, watching the mm-hmm. way that they played in the Super Bowl against Tampa without an offensive line, basically, down to yeah. guys. And then to see them basically let Eric Fisher walk, former number one pick. Yeah. yeah aging a little bit, but he's definitely been one of the firmer pieces on that Chiefs offensive line since Mahomes got there a few years ago. He's somebody you need. Exactly. Uh, I got two more guys here I want to mention. Is there anybody that I haven't mentioned yet that you want to bring up? Not really. I mean, um, we pretty much hit all real, the big names that, okay. I, that I was considering. All right, I got two more here. I uh, want to lead off. They're both uh, defensive linemen slash edge rush. Uh, Akeem Hicks from Chicago, great run stuffer. Uh, please, can we get him out of the NFC North, whatever he does, unless he is staying in Chicago. Just don't let him go anywhere else, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota, et cetera. Unless he wants to sign a contract with the Lions, which would be perfectly fine with me. Uh, he needs to stay healthy. Three and a half sacks in 11 games. He's a strong plug-in guy for his age. Uh, probably another guy that's going to be looking to go to a contender, I think, as well, you know, that needs some help in stopping the run. Maybe San Francisco would, would be a good piece mm-hmm. for him, putting him with Nick Bosa, putting mm-hmm. him with um, Solomon Thomas is still there, and putting him in that great uh, young defense. Our defense mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco would be a great option, I think. I think that would be the perfect fit, honestly. just depends, can they pay all those guys? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think they're going to have some money free up. I don't think Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback there next year, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So that could free up some money. I don't think they'll shell him out before you know next week. But mm-hmm. definitely, any anything can go. I think in the NFL quarterback market right now. 
Definitely. And then the last guy I wanted to bring up was Emmanuel Ogbo, who had a very surprising season for the uh, Miami Dolphins last year. Mm-hmm. He had a nine-sack season in, in 2021 to match on to the nine-sack season he had in 2020. Uh, he's great versus the run. I think Miami honestly should try to keep him as much as they can. You pair him in that uh, young defense. You know, they drafted uh, Javon Holland from Oregon last year. Van Noy stepped up big last year. They had a couple other big pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier Howard stepped up, you know, continued his, his high play. And mm-hmm. with, a new, pardon, with a new coach coming in and, you know, maybe a new philosophy, new, you know, shouldn't be hitting the rebuild button per se, just maybe hitting the small little setback button. And mm-hmm. if they can make some of the right moves in free agency, keeping Agbo being one of them, I think Miami could honestly sneak into the wild card next year. They've got to keep Agba if they want that defensive, you know, unit to stay intact. That was the best part of their whole team. Uh, Tua and Waddle have, you know, continued the connection they have. But it's going to be really important that all of these defenders and all, especially that pass rush, that's what, you know, disrupted and really broke the Ravens. That's, you know, that's what really kept them in that, I want to say, six, seven game win streak they had at the end of the season. Um, they've got to, you know, do everything they can, I think, to resign him. I agree for sure. Uh, you said that you uh, you were sure that you were good on any other players to mention? Yep. Okay. Moving on here to our final segment then of the afternoon. Continuing our NFL draft series, looking at the top five players from each position going into the NFL draft. Uh, we got a little bit more, you know, research and stuff, I think, in now now with these players, position groups coming up here with the combine being coming past already. Uh, we're talking mm-hmm. tight ends this week. I'm going to let you lead off with your number five tight end of the 2022 NFL draft class. Number five tight end. Uh, he's from Ohio State, and I believe his name is Jeremy Ruckert. Yep. Yep. 6'5", 250. Not the best speed. Right off the bat, you can see why he's at number five. I don't think this tight end class is as great as last season's. Um, we had Fryermuth come out of last year. I believe we had a couple other guys, you know, really, you know, big names. Uh, Kyle Pitts obviously having, you know, I think the greatest tight end rookie season of all time with, I think, over 1,000 yards. Um, the thing about Ruckert, and that, that's what's keeping him at number five here, I didn't see phenomenal athleticism. I saw a decent play. I saw, you know, possession catching, a lot of slant crossing route touchdowns, but I didn't see anything that told me, wow, this guy is a different breed of tight end. Like, you know, Kyle Pitts was obviously great at receiving last year. Friar Muth was a baby Gronk. There was separation in the play. This guy just seems like your base, you know, what you would start at as a my player maybe of, you know, basic, you know, function. And that's not to say he cannot develop. I think he needs – needs time to develop, but I also think he is on this list for a reason. Those were just kind of the reasons he's at number five here. There was a rumor he could be going to the Giants, but I honestly, you know, even though I see him fitting with Daniel Jones, if I was the Chicago Bears, I would grab this guy. Mm-hmm. He had a really good red zone connection with Justin Fields in 2020. <clears throat> We've seen in the last, you know, couple seasons here in the draft, if you draft a guy who went to college with the quarterback and had a good connection, we saw it with Jamar Chase, we saw it with Waddle and Tua. Um, we saw it with Hertz and uh, Smith. You know, when they have that connection, it, it bodes really well and helps both players succeed in the NFL pretty much off the bat. So I think if Jeremy Ruckert's going to succeed in the NFL, he could go to the Giants, but I really think the Bears should grab him. He's projected mm-hmm. in the third round. I think that's a good place to get him, maybe even fourth. His 2021 stats, 26 receptions. 309 yards, 11.9 average, and three touchdowns. 
you mentioned all those, you know, former, you know, college teammates and everything. Something that we didn't even really get to see is the Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne combination. Yeah. A lot of people forget about that with Etienne going mm-hmm. down. I believe it was in the uh, second or third preseason game last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, at number five, I have Jake Ferguson, another Big Ten guy from uh, the University of Wisconsin. He is 6'5", 244, uh, over his career, he had 145 catches, 1,613 yards, and 13 touchdowns. More of his less, almost like another red zone guy as well. Um, great pass catcher. He's very nimble for his size. He could be used really as a vert threat and probably a guy down in the red zone as well. Uh, mm-hmm. They use him a lot in a block and slip, kind of a screenplay. I, I watched some of his highlight tapes mm-hmm. uh, from last, this past season. They ran one against Purdue, and then they ran one in the bowl game against Arizona State. Uh, very popular concept with the Wisconsin Badgers like to run with him. Uh, he could be a day two or three option, I think. I think he slides into that maybe where that Jeremy Rucker spot is as well in the third mm-hmm. round. Uh, his really big issue, though, is blocking, which isn't normal for a Wisconsin, you know, tight end or a wide receiver, knowing all the, the running they do, you know, look at some of the running backs they produce, Jonathan Taylor, Monty Ball, Corey Kamlant, et cetera. Uh, he's not mm-hmm. really good after the catch either. Uh, this past season, he had his career high 47 catches for uh, 450 yards, averaging less than 10 yards per catch and three touchdowns. So Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin is my number five. All right, here at number four, who do you got? I have Charlie Kolar, uh, or Collar, however you say it, 6'6", 255 from Iowa State. Um, they ran him a lot from the slant and 10-yard crossing routes, a lot like Ruckert. The difference is the stats. 62 receptions, double the yards with 756, 12.2 average, and six touchdowns. He completely doubled Ruckert, and that's why he's got to go with the four spot. Uh, they pretty much serve the f- same function. Kolar's a little bit bigger and a little uh, heavier of a build, um, but he's a really good flex option. And uh, the most I see him really being, though, is a tight end number two. That's why he's farther down on the list. Nothing insane about his play either. Really just fits that basic tight end mold of, you know, taller, bigger build than a receiver. And um, I also have him projected in the third round. He runs a bit stiff, and that's the biggest knock on him for me. And that's why, you know, when I looked at the top three guys on my list, there was no way I could put uh, Collar above those guys. Yeah, definitely. And his quarterback, Brock Purdy from Iowa State, is also coming out of the draft class. So it'd be interesting. Maybe if the, a team could pair those two guys up as well. Yeah. All right. And number four, I have Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Um, mm-hmm. 6'4", 240. Ended up playing all four years and getting some decent playing time in all four years for the Shauna Clears, who has um, been one of the more – surprise teams of the last couple of years obviously i believe they went undefeated in 2020 in the shortened season uh beating some you know bigger name teams and then uh winning i believe it was 11 games this year uh 59 catches 912 yards and 12 touchdowns for isaiah likely he was great some calls uh favorite target there in um coastal carolina's offense um more used as a wide receiver, more used as your, your prototypical, you know, 2021 kind of a tight end, more like your Kittle, your Kelsey, your Waller versus a guy like Jake Ferguson, who's mainly going to be used more of a 10 to 15 yard option and then down in the red zone. Uh, he got a lot, as I mentioned, he got a lot of receptions, a lot of targets in that loaded spread offense with Coastal Carolina. Uh, they did not only knock really on that, though, is he did play a lot of softer kind of defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, made getting really past any coverage. So he made it look easy making, you know, 30, 40, 50 yards um, crossing route mm-hmm. 
and post routes, fade routes, make make him look easy. He has great speed for 245 mm-hmm. pounds. I think he's also going to slide into that third round range. It's hard to nitpick. There are not little to no errors in his game, and he could be really used as a four down weapon. I think for any team that can draft him. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on here to number three. Who you got? I got Isaiah Likely, six four two forty five, coast to Carolina. Like you mentioned, the the competition he played was not, you know, at the level of, you know, the the wasn't guys. playing SEC defenses. Let's let's say that that's he was playing basically high school JUCO type defenses, in my opinion. But he's got great hands and his speed is good. Um, he they took a lot of end zone deep shots to him mm-hmm. in a lot of his highlights. He finished his college career with 27 touchdowns, 2,048 yards, and 135 targets. Like you said, hard to nitpick. The only knock is not on his game. It's on the competition he played. And his 2020 season, 59 receptions, 912 yards, 15.5 average, 12 touchdowns. He had a 99-yard touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then he had a four-touchdown game. It was 232 yards, and I believe it was against Arkansas State. Yeah, yep. You know, as far as puns go, I would say it's very likely he gets drafted. Um, and I'd say probably third round. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely – he's definitely going to go higher than a Ruckert or a Ferguson, but he's still mm-hmm. going to be in that mid-round kind of echelon, mm-hmm. I would say. All right, right, number three, I have Cole Turner from the University of Nevada. They like to throw him a lot of fades, uh, watching mm-hmm. the film and whatnot. They were doing a lot of five-yard end zone fades and whatnot. I uh, put out great tape versus Boise State in 2021, also versus Fresno. So if you're really trying to watch a little bit of the highlight tape on him, look mm-hmm. up his Boise State and his Fresno State games because those were probably his two better games of the 2021 season. Uh, he is 6'6", 240 pounds, uh, 117 catches for 1,370 yards and 20 touchdowns in his four seasons. Uh, obviously, pardon me, had a lot of more coverage in his junior and his senior seasons. Uh, 6'77 and 10 touchdowns in 2021 on 62 catches, and then 49 catches for 605 and nine touchdowns in 2020 in his junior season in just nine games. Uh, they like to play bully ball down, him, down there in the red zone with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Great leap, leaping abilities is, is a great strong suit for him to bring Carson Strong's passes. Uh, called one of the sleepers of the position group, very athletic for his size. And also his quarterback, Carson Strong, is also in this draft class. So maybe, you know, any team that needs a tight end or a tight end too. Mm-hmm pair up Carson Strong and Cole Turner, because obviously the last couple of years have shown us that that is definitely the theme of, you know, the draft. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Number two, who you got? I believe it's pronounced Jalen Weidermeyer. Mm-hmm. 6'5", 255, Texas A&M. His 2020 season had 40 receptions, 515 yards, 12.9 average, four touchdowns. Good cuts, good speed. Route running isn't, like, the greatest in the class, but it's sufficient. He definitely could use work there. But his run after the catch is the best part of his game. He's great with the ball in his hands. I, I, I watched a play. He caught it, and there was, like, five guys around him. He was joking about every one of them. They eventually closed in on him. But he was really good run after the catch, and I think that's the best part of his game. Um, NFL comparison is Mercedes Lewis. And I got him projected in the second round. Mercedes Lewis was one of my favorite quarterbacks when I was a kid for the Jaguars. I believe he still even plays in the league. I, I really think Weidermeyer. He was on the Packers last year, I believe. I believe so. Um, Weidermeyer, though, he looks like he can play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, he, just, he just has something about him. An it factor, you could call it. But great player and great hands. 
Yeah, I agree for sure. And he's also my number two. He can take hits with the best of them, I think. <clears throat> Great feet control for the position for 6'5", 255. Uh, four years to end college station. Really, the mm-hmm. best season was only around 600 yards. Uh, five touch, Four touchdowns this year and 515 yards on 40 catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, his best game this year was South Carolina. He had four grabs for 75, two touchdowns, averaging almost 20 yards per catch. Uh, didn't really get many more. He didn't have more than five receptions in a game, and obviously those were the most yards that he had with 75. Uh, if you really want to look back at his tape, 2019, they played Florida. Or 2020, they played Florida. And they went in. Florida was nationally ranked team, top seven, top six in the country. And that was really one of the better games of college career. So if you want to go back at his tape, watch the uh, Florida game from 2020 for sure. I had a great play. On a throwback screen versus South Carolina in that game where I mentioned, uh, he's great versus linebackers or safeties. Not hesitant to make a guy or two miss. Um, definitely gonna be a second rounder. I think he needs some work on blocking, though. But he has great football IQ. Definitely. And that brings us to number one. I believe you. You're gonna have Trey McBride, or you're gonna have somebody else. I am. Okay. There's I, no way. I mean, he's a beast. He is. He's definitely gonna be one of those first. I think he may sneak into the end of the first round. I think honestly. That's what I thought, and. You know, they got him projected second round. I do too, but I really do think he can make it into the first. He's 6'4", 260 pounds. Flashes of Kittle and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. It might just I be agree. that he wears 85, but he has those flashes. The best comparison, I think, is Hunter Henry based on the size, but he plays like Kittle and Kelsey. Good speed, really versatile. Used him out of the backfield a couple times. Out routes to the end zone. Good over the middle and sideline. His blocking needs work, definitely, but he looks NFL-ready to me. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be focusing much more on blocking when it comes to the tight end position in years to come, obviously. Um, did you see his fake punt run against Nevada? No. No. Oh, or yeah. maybe maybe I did. I think it was out of the backfield or something. Yeah, he was out of the backfield. Yeah. It was just one of those snaps of the up men, and like, mm-hmm. I think he maybe made a guy miss at the line, and he was mm-hmm. just gone. And you just saw that speed. And 255 pounds – or 260 pounds, pardon me. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to do that, I don't think. No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mentioned it in the notes here. You know, he could sneak in at the end of the first. He's definitely an early to mid-second-round option at the at the very latest. Uh, great sideline grab versus Vanderbilt 2021. Snuck around in a few routes for easy touchdowns. Great hurdles. He makes great grabs in traffic. Had a great strength showing uh, in a touchdown versus San, San Jose State. I mentioned mm-hmm. the uh, fake punt run versus Nevada. Great, Not really – not a great blocker, but obviously needs work on that. Uh, he's called in some of the articles, some of the research I was doing on him. He's really called the Swiss Army knife of this this draft class. Mm-hmm. For uh, yeah. Shocking thing, though, he had 2,100 yards in his career, but he only scored 10 touchdowns. Yeah. He had a 90-grab season for 1,121 yards this year, but only one touchdown passing, which is just it's incredible insane. to think of. But, yeah, Trey McBride, definitely, if you want a tight end, if you're sitting there, you know, hey, if the Lions want to take a risk on this guy, you know, if they want to pair him with TJ Hawkinson. Better than Ebron. Uh, you know, you look at the, the Bengals at 31. You want to pair them with an aging Uzama. Go for mm-hmm. it. You know, you look at Kansas City. Do you want to have a one-two punch with Kittle and McBride at 30? Mm-hmm. You know, he definitely can go anywhere from the 29 to probably the 40 range, I would think. Definitely. <clears throat> Some honorable mentions here as well. Uh, Connor Hayward from Michigan State. You mentioned Jeremy Rucker. There's a couple other guys. Uh, Kate Otten. Kate Otten was a good one as well. Uh, you know, this tight end class is more – you're not going to have your pit, your pits and your fryer moves aren't coming out of this draft class in mm-hmm. terms of tight ends. You're going to have a lot of guys going, I think, in that third to fifth round range. 
that mm-hmm. could, you know, most of them will make an opening day roster, but some of them may just be career practice squad guys, unfortunately. Not the best tight end class, but not the worst either. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, we will be back next week for episode number 97 with offensive linemen. Is there anything else you have to mention before we get out of here? Nope. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up here for episode number 96 of Dylan Al Talk NFL. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, you know, sticking through with our technical difficulties and whatnot. We will be back next week, as I mentioned, episode number 97. Uh, We'll have free agency deals probably signed already by then, so we'll talk about a couple of those. We will talk about the top five offensive linemen coming into the draft, a loaded offensive line class with potentially there are two or three candidates out there. I think they could be the number one pick. You know, if mm-hmm. Jacksonville's looking for an offensive lineman and Evan Neal, uh, Ifuku, um, and then Charles Cross also is a big one for Mississippi State as well, I think. Um, and then I had a combine segment planned before, you know, literal all hell broke loose in free agency or in trades and whatnot in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So I, we will definitely get to uh, – we'll talk some of the combine numbers uh, that were big from Indianapolis last weekend. So uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening, and we will talk to you next week.